It is never too early to start your hockey season predictions. Your Locked On Flames, your daily podcast on the Calgary Flames. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of Lockdown Flames. As always, I'm your host, Jess Belmosto, and I'm so excited to be here with you today. Uh, it is the 4th of July when you're probably listening to this, so happy 4th of July if you celebrate. If not, uh, Canada, it is just another Tuesday for you. Hope you're having a good day. But today we are going to just talk about predictions, and we're going to start with the ones that are just out of this world not happening to ones that maybe could, you know, are a little bit more reasonable. But before we do that, please make sure you are subscribed to Locked On Flames wherever you get your podcasts. We are available for free on all of your favorite platforms and on YouTube as well. Leave a five-star review, rating, review, um, and just say hi. We love to see it. So, I, the thing about predictions is that I don't like doing them until like August, right? Because there's typically more of a roster built, there's less ambiguity, and you have some sort of idea of where your team is going. But right now, it is the exact opposite. It is July 3rd. We don't know what is going on with the Flames. We don't know if they're trading players, if they're extending players, if they are looking to make a splash at some point with a trade. And I think that's kind of the fun of this because (laughs) we are going to look back probably like less than six weeks, let's be honest, and just laugh. We are going to laugh because of how wrong I am. And that's okay. That's kind of like the beauty of all this. It's just fun. And I want to hear your predictions, bold, more more likely to happen, or just... Any NHL prediction doesn't have to be related to the Flames. But my first one, this is the, like, most out there. Like, you would have to be very, very gullible, naive to believe this. And this is that the Flames will be one of the last teams in on the Nylander trade. I don't think that's the case. If If they are involved in any way... They will fumble the bag. Or Nylander, sorry, is asking for around like $10 million a year. And I, number one, I don't think the Flames should do that, like tie that kind of money up in another player. I don't care about the cap increasing. I just don't think that that is the right move for the Flames right now. And I also just think that the Flames are always just almost there. So it it really wouldn't be any different if... <laughs> the flames fumbled the bag. So I guess I should have put this in like the more likely category because you know if they are involved, they're they are going to mess it up. They they somehow always find a way to do that. But I do think that the flames should just not go after not- Liam Nylander because he because of the money he wants. The flames don't have the resources at the moment to come long term to like a $10 million. They cannot afford to put like another $80 million into a player right now. So 
I think that we're just going to avoid that. And I, this one, I think, is probably out there a little bit. I think that Jacob Markstrom could be, uh, or Jacob Markstrom and Dustin Wolf could be a one-for-one tandem next year. Craig Conroy made it clear that he is looking for whatever goalies um, are playing to be playing. He wants them to have consistent NHL time. So whether it's Vladar or Dustin Wolf, you know, it's not going to be a situation where Jacob Markstrom starts for like 16 games and Vladar gets one and then another stretch, and then one. Because that is what happened under Daryl Sutter, and it did not work. So let's just try something new, get a little creative, and maybe manage your goalies in a healthier way. And I I do – I want to say that this is more likely to – like, not – okay, I I know I said that these are all, like, super out there, but I feel like – saying them out loud now, like they don't sound that out there. <laughs> they don't sound that out there. But I I really do think uh, Dustin Wolf could spend another half a season in the AHL or a full season. I don't think that there's any point to rush him to the NHL. It is very different. It is a different beast. We have talked about this time and time again and why players kind of, why there isn't always a smooth transition or, you know, there might be, a great rookie year and then they'd kind of have that sophomore slump and then you know might regress a little bit and then bounce back it's just it's not a cookie cutter path for anyone or everyone but I think that regardless Dustin and Wolf will be seeing time in the NHL this year I think that Dan Vladar will be traded and Markstrom still has three years left on his contract and I don't see the Flames buying him out or trading him I don't think that teams are going to want to take on that kind of salary. And we've we've seen the discussion about how goalies shouldn't be your most expensive player. And they shouldn't be, really. And I don't think that it's worth the risk. Like, no team in their right mind is going to take on a $6.5 million contract for a 32, 33-year-old goalie. But I don't think that... Markstrom will get moved I just I don't but what I do think is going to happen is uh Vladar will be moved I think that you know there is less of a market for him now but say a goalie gets hurt in the middle of the season before the deadline I I think the Flames would be the first people I call because they have Dan Vladar and they can afford to leave to lose him and they can absolutely make something work I think and you know if they're desperate enough to move players then they they'll do it I feel like we kind of saw that with the Tyler Toffoli trade but coming up next we are going to talk about the more likely but still kind of far-fetched ideas but before we do that I want to take a quick break here and talk to you about our friends at FanDuel take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets. That's up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That sounds like a home run to me. That's $200 you can spend betting anything and everything from money line to the over under to who you think is going to hit the first home run all on an app that is safe, secure, and easy to use. 
Plus, when you win, you can get paid instantly. That's one of my favorite parts of the app. I'm not going to lie. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That is FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started. And FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. And thank you, everyone, for sticking around and hanging out with me as we work our way through the offseason. As always, I'm Jess Belmosto, so thank you. You can follow me on Twitter at Jess Belmosto. These are trades that are trades. These are predictions that I think are more a little more level-headed, but not still not super likely. I, I don't these I guess actually these are just things I would like to see. <laughs> These aren't really predictions. These are just my wish list. Like, now that I'm looking at it again, this is just my wish list. But with the cap implication and the vision for the Flames, this team is going to get a facelift. They're going to be younger. They're going to be, you know, less experienced players. And they're going to be faster. They're going to be guys that actually have speed to them. And I think what's very exciting here is that you're getting players that can be molded. Like there's still room in their development for the development and fixing and ironing out the kinks. And I don't think that anyone should kind of brush off any of these players that do make the jump. It's again, I don't know how many times I'm going to say it this off season, but if you're a regular listener, you're going to be sick of hearing me say it. The NHL is a different beast from the AHL, juniors, NCAA, like wherever you played before. It is not the same. There are guys that are double your age. There are guys that you quite literally grew up watching that are on the verge of retirement now. So it's all different skill level. And you you do have to mold yourself into an NHL player. So here, (laughs) I guess this is my big prediction, is that Jacob Pelletier, but he has a breakout year. He sees consistent NHL ice time. He isn't being benched for mistakes. He isn't being played or being benched over, you know, veterans that are just out there making the same mistakes that he's been benched for. So I do think that he is going to have a much stronger year this year. I think that the Flames realize that they can get a lot more out of him not under Daryl Sutter but under a coach like Ryan Huska I think that this is going to be a super exciting time for all of these young guys whether they're coming up from uh the Wranglers or they are you know like Matthew Coronado who's playing at Harvard he's probably going back this year for another season so I you know he still has time and I just I I really want to see mentoring and I want to see players taking them under their wings. We saw it with Huberto and uh, Pelletier last year. You know, they are so like, they have that connection. We call them the French connection for a reason. And it's, it's just nice to see. And I, one player that I think is going to play a significant role is Blake Coleman. I think that Blake Coleman has the intangibles of a, you know, a strong leader and he has the qualities of a guy that you would want to learn from. He's a Stanley Cup champion. He uh, is one of those guys that just, he's not very big. He 
is a U.S. born player. I believe he went to, yeah, he played right out of college to the NHL, I believe. So, you know, he has had a different kind of path to the NHL, but he's still successful. He is still found, he found success in Tampa after leaving Jersey and he is in Calgary now and it's a whole different ball game there. But, you know, now that he's settled, I feel like he will have some sort of impact on these guys. I think it's hard to just sit there and try to, I don't want to say educate because that sounds like, you know, you're like kind of talking down to people, but when you're, when you're trying to mentor people and you know, it's not the best environment, it's hard. It's like when you're at a job and you're trying to train someone but your boss is just kind of like hovering over you and just not allowing you to train and allowing this person to learn the way that they find helpful. So I don't know if that's the true, you know, I'm just guessing, but I do feel like a lot of the players that are here are returning players are going to be the real leaders and they're going to, kind of emerge as leaders. And we're going to see more of that. I think that Rasmus Anderson is, again, going to show the perfect qualities of a future captain. Same with Mackenzie Weger. Those two are going to do so many good things this season. And I'm going to talk about that in the next segment. But I do feel like we're going to see a different a different side to these players. And it's going to be a good different side <laughs> for a change. And with... Everything that happened last year, I really think that they're going to come into this with the weight lifted off their shoulders, and they have something to prove. Coming up next, we are going to talk about the more likely <laughs> predictions and, again, things that we can still probably laugh at come October because things can change, right? And thank you, everyone, for sticking around here on Locked on Flames. Make sure you give the show a five-star rating and a nice little review on Apple Podcasts. I was really torn on where to put this one because I, I do think that these are more realistic, but that doesn't mean I think that they could happen like immediately this season. I think that these, again, this one in particular um, isn't necessarily one that I'm like dead set on. I just think it's going to happen probably this year or next year. But Rasmus Anderson is going to be an early candidate for uh, the Norris Trophy. And you know when they start doing these silly little conversations like, oh, if the playoffs started today or, uh, you know, Norris Trophy watch in like November, I think that we will see Rasmus Anderson's name. I think that he is going to, again, just have a great year under Ryan Huska and with Mark Savard as um, as an assistant coach. And it's just a whole new ball game for them. And after, you know, there will probably be an adjustment period. I don't think it's going to be, it should have been very dramatic to start the year last year, but we got false hope and then fell off the cliff. But if the season starts off slow, it's like normal. It's nothing to kind of panic about. And we don't need to start writing pieces saying, oh, they're picking up right where they left off because 
they're not. <laughs> it's a whole different team. And you're more than likely going to have an entirely different top line, too. Uh, this next one is a given. It, Jonathan Huberto is going to have a bounce back year. And I think that that's just, again, it's a given. It can't get much worse than last year, but I don't necessarily think he's going to be that 100 point, 100 plus point player again. There obviously were a lot of factors that went into that in Florida, but I do think that now that there is kind of some control and actual direction with the team, I think that the Flames are going to work with him and set him up for success and not play him on his off wing and let him set up the plays and let him kind of dictate that because he has earned that right. He has earned that right. And last season, yes, it does go into the history books because it is the steepest decline in NHL history. But I just, in my gut, you you aren't he's not just going to be like a 50, 60 point player anymore. Like he's going to be something like more. And he even said it like pretty much as soon as the season ended, I didn't just forget how to play hockey. And when you are set up into situations where you can't succeed, then you're not going to succeed. And I think a lot of people kind of lose sight on that. And just because, you know, oh, well, like, he should be able to play on his off wing. That's that's part of being a player. That's not everyone's, it's not in everyone's, you know, Rolodex. It's not in everyone's skills here. You have to use your players to their best advantage here. It's not rocket science. And I just, I don't think that it would be fair to put Huberto in a situation where, he, he isn't set up to succeed, which is why I'm shocked that they didn't go after Anthony Duclair and pursue him a little more aggressively. I figured they would have, or at least, you know, are are they? what are they doing to make sure that he has a strong center and a winger? Because we cannot have a repeat of last season. It is unacceptable. And that contract, you thought people were talking bad about it after one year. You have two years like that, and it's just, it's not going to be pretty. <laughs> it's going to be very bad. And I i really do think that Craig Conroy is, like, doing his thing. And, okay, like, no more predictions. I, I saw, like, some discussion about this on Twitter today, and I, I wanted to add to it. Because, you know, people are saying, you know, Craig Conroy's being quiet. I don't, I don't really get it. What, why isn't he trading? What isn't, what isn't he doing? Why is he doing it? And I think it's okay for him to be cautious when approaching these things. I don't necessarily think he isn't taking phone calls or making phone calls. We just aren't hearing about it. And if we were supposed to know about it, Conroy would be texting Elliot Friedman or Frank Saravalli and saying these things because that is what they do. That is why the mouthpieces of the league are there. They are just a mouthpiece. We will know something when we're supposed to know something. And I know that sounds very silly and, well, how does that prove that he's a good GM? He's not letting us get excited. <laughs> and he's not just running to 
Elliot or whoever when there's like a, a small spark. It has to be pretty close to a full-blown fire for him to say something. And that's that's okay because, again, I feel like if you are just saying things to put it out there, you're going to look like a bad general manager when that thing does not happen. It's kind of a double-edged sword, but it reminds me so much of last season when the Jack Eichel trade was going on and Kevin Weeks tweeted about how the Flames were in on it and it didn't happen. And everyone was so upset and everyone was saying, well, I wouldn't have traded Matthew Kachuk. I would have traded Matthew Kachuk to Buffalo in two seconds for Jack Eichel. I'm just saying there was no reason to not want that trade to happen. He, he's, dwelled on this enough but my point is is that you're going to be you're going to want to be more selective about you know word getting out especially in your first year as a general manager and someone that has a lot to clean up and a lot to navigate because you don't want to just put out like specific things like Oh, uh, hearing Noah Hannafin and, I don't know, St. Louis are are in talks. What does that do? Craig Conroy could just be talking to them about Noah Hannafin, but that doesn't mean anything's going to come to fruition or it's going anywhere. Because if every general manager or a front office leaked when they were calling on another player or interested in another player the breaking news wouldn't be as exciting because we would see it constantly and we would be worn out from it. So when you're more selective about the stuff you're putting out and you, you want leaked, you're going to get better a better reaction and you don't have to worry about falling flat because if no one knows you're doing it, no one sees when you lose, when you're playing solitaire, great philosopher once said that you just have to trust Craig Conroy and wait waiting is okay it's only July what I'm not really feeling is this still not having an answer from Elias Lindholm publicly so we will wait we will see but thank you so much everyone for hanging out with me today on Locked on Flames American listeners, uh, happy 4th of July. Be safe. Apply sunscreen. Mix in a few waters. Canada, I hope you had a good Canada Day on Saturday. And the rest of the listeners, drink water. Stay hydrated. Stay out of the sun. And just enjoy your day. And I will be back tomorrow. And Nick will be joining me at some point this week to (laughs) continue and hopefully deal with some Flames news. Bye-bye.